Well, I mean, first, let's introduce you to the show. This is our uh, Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> I, uh... Talking <laughs> Thrones? I don't know what sort of lame shit do they have. Game of talking. Game of talking. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Game of Thrones has lent itself to a talking pun. No, um... Everyone hates it now. Bones game. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Thanks. Well, Thanks it, the last two episodes. Like satisfying, um, like probably like how Emperor Palpatine felt when he turned Anakin to the dark side. <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, welcome to the dark yes, side. Yes, you are with me now. Except for in my case, it's uh, welcome to having good taste, <laughs> not just consuming all the garbage that major corporations feed you. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like I don't know that uh, George R. R. Martin. Don't get mad at me for saying to be fair. I'm not. I was a reference to Letter Kenny. You ever <laughs> watched that show? No, but supposedly it's really good. It's pretty funny. It's worth watching. They only have like six episodes a season, which is fucking perfect. Canadians, <laughs> eh? Yep. Uh, I think I think uh, Kevin Smith is supposed to be on it, if I remember Twitter correctly. Oh, Letter Kenny is now canceled for me. <laughs> <laughs> you like Kevin Smith? No, nah, not as I, the older I get, the less I can stand Kevin Smith. I like him as a person. I don't know, like yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't think he's a bad guy or a terrible guy. I just know I would not want to hang out with him. <laughs> I bet he'd be great to hang out with, because he's he's basically what all your friends uh, in in high school would do, which is just talk about movies the entire time. Yeah, that's true. But I just don't like other people's opinions. Oh, well, then why would you hang out with anybody? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, he's, it's just... Oh, we're talking about Game of Thrones. Uh, Wait, well, no, I, the one thing I want to bring... Anytime he posts one of his reviews for a movie, like especially like a Marvel movie or a comic book movie on YouTube or whatever, uh, he does not really cr- review the movie in a critical way at all or really talk about the movie. He just kind of regurgitates um, the plot beats. And it's like, okay, man... I can watch the movie myself. I don't need you to just explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then not offer any criticisms or anything about technique or anything like that. It's like, like it's cool, man. You're excited about all this like uh, comic book cape shit or whatever. But well, I don't um, really read his reviews, so I mean, I don't know why you. If you don't like it, why do you go out of your way to watch it? I don't know. I just I think I mentioned before like desperate need to consume information all the time. Yeah, and but there's other information you can consume. Yeah, but then if I don't like some, well, it's just like sometimes I'll get stuck in like YouTube wormholes. Where like, I'll his review one of his reviews for like Justice League will be recommended to me and I'll watch it and be like, this is crazy, this is terrible, this is crazy. <laughs> they can't all be like this, right? And I'll watch like three or four more and be like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to know the kind of person Kevin Smith is at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta He's, uh... keep your enemies close. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll inform Kevin Smith. You see him as an enemy. <laughs> I don't mean I don't want anyone to ever be able to accuse me of uh, not having um, any context for my opinion, <laughs> so I just get way too much information about it. I just when I don't have context, I'm like, oh, I just don't know. Well, I don't know. I I gotta be prepared for all these uh, theoretical arguments that might take place. <laughs> I think I just exist. time well spent. <laughs> I exist in my own like paranoid world, I guess. So how's riding on the? Uh, Florida man versus the aliens going. It's great. You know, I'm finding the main character to be really relatable. <laughs> Speaking of which, Skinwalkers, man, they're out there. <laughs> You've said this before, but I've seen Wargs or Skinwalkers, Game of Thrones. Skin changers. Skin, skin changers. Apparently, you're not supposed to 
talk about skinwalkers or that will bring them to you. Bring them to me? I don't think that's Yeah, I mean, but it hasn't caused a problem for me yet. So maybe you have to be Navajo for skinwalkers to not. Maybe you actually have to believe in them. Oh, that was, it's like one of those things, you know, yeah, all, all that exoteric shit works. Yeah, where they're like, well, you know, the reason why every time you've tried to perform a ritual, Kyle, and nothing happened, it's because you didn't believe. Well, that's, that's fucking, fucking convenient, convenient, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Well, great. So, <laughs> the power of belief is more powerful oh. than ancient demons. <laughs> if only gravity worked that way, yeah. or magnetism, or any other <laughs> fundamental force of, uh, the, of the world. Yeah, I don't believe in gravity anymore later. <laughs> Pew! Pew! All right, yeah, Game of Thrones. Um, I don't have, I, whatever. I just was thinking. Um, I just thought there's no way they can disappoint me more than the third episode, and here we are. I was big dick crossbow man. I was ready for it. I, <laughs> I, I, I actually really don't like seeing the dragons die. Yeah, me too. It bothers me. Yeah, well, actually, I don't like seeing the. I don't like seeing the wolves die. Yeah, no, it's, I have a visceral reaction to it. I guess just because it's animals. Yeah, a pet thing. But yeah, they're pets. Yeah. Like uh, that reminds me. I started rereading Game of Thrones, or or uh listening to it i've been listening to highlights too have you uh, ever listened to the forsaken the winds of winter you're on preview chapter that george read a few times no i haven't is it really good yeah it's like fucking you're on so he, uh, he's a bit of a cartoon character in the books too but, but he's, he's like he's a, like spooky and he's like an emperor palpatine weird. cartoon character you know he's a he's a guy that wears valerian steel armor uh which is worth more yeah, than the entire seven kingdom it is in that forsaken chapter oh okay maybe i have his armor he's like what up, Pimpin' Annie's? <laughs> and his brother's like, the damp hair is like, oh shit, man, he's really been to Valyria. Because, <laughs> you know, people don't take him that seriously. But yeah, it's like, oh, well, no, and the other thing for you, you show people, uh, if you go to Valyria, you don't come back. Anybody that's he ever gone there... Yeah, it doesn't return. doesn't return. Well, including, uh, like, an entire fleet from Astapor, I think, at one point. Yeah, Tyrion's uncle. Yeah, Tyrion's the, uncle went there to try to retrieve the family sword and never came back. Yeah. Tyrion's favorite uncle. Yeah, what was it, Garen? But uh, I was listening, I'm listening to it on, on audiobook as I like do chores and stuff. And they do such a good job, or George R. R. does such a good job, of like uh, uh, introducing the the dire wolves and making you care about them. And like mm. I'm like just finished Sansa's chapter where Lady is killed at the end. And like, what the fuck are these showrunners doing with these wolves? Here's the thing. Um, so uh, they didn't know what they were doing with anything. In my opinion, a lot of people are like, oh no, they're just racing to the finish. No, no, it's like, pretty clear they no, don't know. What they doing. didn't know what they were doing at any point making this. This series. is a, they were the, like always just jumping from one cool moment to the other. They're the this they're one like of very, these guys wrote X Men Three, right? Yeah. Okay, that's all. I, I mean, aside from that, one of the like most like quoted interviews from them early on was how they were like, yeah, we just really wanted to get to the red wedding. Yeah, I remember we thought that. that'd be cool on TV. All right, cool, man. That's a great way to write a story just to get to one event and then not have a plan after that. Or before that. Or really <laughs> any of the events that are going to lead up to it. So I, I, they just never were good. And that's just... I remember not to be one of those elitists who's like, oh, the books are better, blah, blah, blah. But I remember watching the first episode. Yeah. And aside from the books being better or whatever, it was still like, uh, this looks like a TV show. Look at how flat it's shot. Look at how bad the lighting is. Look at how it's close-ups. And then close-up of another actor. Establishing shot. Close-up. I was like, this is some bland shit. And like you said, I've been listening to highlights. only. I've only been listening to um, like certain POVs. Because anyone listening to the book, every chapter is written from the point of POV of a specific character. So I've just been going through 
the ones that I always were most interesting, like Arius. I like seeing her like actually go through mm-hmm. the lands of Westeros and see what's happening to the regular people. But um, <clears throat> the realization I came to is like fucking the Song of Ice and Fire. That world is fucking weird. It should be flamboyant to a certain extent. Yeah. And even when it's still early on in the story and it's more grounded, it's not quite as magical. It's still just like a weird fucking place. Well, yeah, not only that, but like the world breathes too in the in mm-hmm. the book and like it, especially in the last couple seasons. Like, where are all the people that inhabit Westeros? Like, wh- what's going on in King's Landing? I saw some ants, some CG ants that came in one of the gates, and that's, and they even disregard like the own like world building they did specifically to the show yeah. where like King's Landing doesn't it changes it's like constantly yeah like, I sent you that picture right it's, yeah it's like what the fuck and I don't know the Godswood in Winterfell like looks like you walk in through the portcullis the front gate and then just go left and you get to the Godswood but then it takes the Night King forever I don't know it's just it's just a bad show and um a lot of people early on made the argument like well it can't be as fantastical as the books because you know the audience isn't there for it but uh, like Sword and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were like the hugest franchises around at the time leading up to Game of Thrones right yeah so I don't believe that shit. I just think um, you got two guys with no vision who hired other people with no vision. That's not fair because for... whoever is doing the score is really knocking it out of the park. I guess the whole thing it's um, <laughs> a, a, there occasionally something will stand out, but it's like it's TV show. It's so relative to like oh, this event's happening. So you know what I mean. It's the, the TV show scores are really manipulative. I think the guy that does it is probably really talented and could do scores for better things. But <laughs> it's just it's just the manipulative like I think all scores are manipulative. It's just yeah, that it's just a matter of It's ma- just so broadly manipulative in T V shows, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think part of the problem too in like Game of Thrones is like it's manipulating you and then you but the, the thing you're empty afterwards. Yeah, you you like what? What? Why? <laughs> Why'd that happen? If the action matched the manipulation, it'd be perfectly fine. I, I, like it just seems so inconsistent. Like Danny is flying ahead of the fleet on her dragons, and all oh, like she doesn't see the crazy pirate fleet coming at her. And but yeah, they're hiding behind uh, a corner of an island. <laughs> okay, that's how uh, sight works when you're you know, yeah. hundred feet in the air, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if like it's, to, we saw all the Dothraki die basically, except for a few that ran back, and then somehow only yeah. half of them. Well, there's shots in that episode where it looks like there's, like, ten people left. Yeah, at the end, when John's running through, it looks yeah. like there's, like, a dozen people left. And they're all people we know. Luckily, we only it was only half of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you listen to, like, the inside... I, watch, I can't... Game of... Th- like, George R. R. Martin would not have written a battle this uh, nonsensical. That's the thing, yeah. Um, and some of these events that are transpiring, I'm sure that that is the ending that Martin had in mind. Yeah, but, but it's the, just not playing the out the leading right. up to it and the, the context for all these events would have been uh, made it so these events were fulfilling. It, this just seems like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then Danny forgot about the Iron Fleet. <laughs> which is exactly what one of the writers said. In yeah, I read that episode. or I saw that interview. She just forgot about him. You know, no big deal. <laughs> and it's like fucking they. So here's the thing: they fucked up the Dorn plot so bad. Oh my god! I can't even get it. And try to introduce the Ironborn as quick as they could. And so like, 
shit, hire this actor. Okay, they fucked up the Dorn plot so bad, and they managed to fuck up Jamie's plot in the Dorn plot with it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, I liked Braun going along with Jamie because, like, That's we know. That's fine, whatever. Because Braun was a cool character in the show, mm-hmm. whatever. And, like, I liked the interaction. Um, but Jamie should still be going around Westeros and seeing the horrors roar. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Like, nah. He's got to go to Dorne for some reason. This is his daughter. Because we can't introduce new characters without other characters being there. No one will want to watch those scenes. Our audience is a bunch of idiots. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, D&D. <laughs> yeah, if you... They treat their audience like idiots. That's the thing. The people are still supporting them. And like, no, no it's, the show's still good. It's, you just don't get it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, fucking, these dudes are shitting on you every week. They are specifically calling out the audience. Like, you guys are idiots. It doesn't matter. You can't handle this shit. Like, whatever. Here's just some idiot shit for you. They are specifically being antagonistic to you. And you're like, oh, no, let me suck that corporate dick. <laughs> I just love this Game of Thrones merchandise. Um, when I, So I'm gonna, I am going to reread all the books, I think. Um, apparently, I want to, but I'm like, man, fucking... Um, when's the winner's not even out yet. When's <laughs> well, this shit can happen? It's been like... So you convinced me to read the books. Shit, here's like... In when like I started... 2005 or six. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I realized when I started you know, listening to them again. Like, when I, um, when I first started reading these books, I didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Now I am the same age as Ned in the book when it starts. He's 35, I'm 35. Uh, I think I started reading these right after the second book came out in like 2003 or four, and, and like, it's crazy to me. And I have a very different reaction to like, to, you know, Bran and Sansa and like the whole uh, subplot with the kids um, than I did when I first read yeah, it. Yeah, because you have a different life. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, damn, kids, kids are in danger. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's been um a long time. And I remember waiting. So you convinced me to read him. Um, it was probably on 2004 or five. Well, it was luckily it was right when Fe- Feast for Crows had come out. Even though there was kind of a long wait in between. Oh, wasn't Storm that long afterwards? Okay. Well, because the f- Game Game of Thrones came out in 1996. Yeah, and then, I think it was 98 was the first one, and then 99 was the second. And one. I think I ever started reading 99. Yeah. So I was definitely out of high school. But, like, maybe just barely. Like, I was 19, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, luckily, you convinced me to start reading him. And by the time I was, like, kind of getting towards the end of Storm of Swords, I think. I think Feast of Crows was, had just come out already. So I was able to just immediately read that one. And then waiting six years for <laughs> Dance of Dragons, also the same summer that the TV show started. I remember, like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, finally, it's happening. And then the show came out, and I was like, oh, whatever, it seems like a TV show, who cares? And then luckily, they'll just, the next book, there's no way it'll take another six years. Right? It's right another book. <laughs> Eight years later. <laughs> and yeah, here we are. It's been, so that was 2011, so it's been seven, eight years. Seven years, so, yeah. yeah. Um, this summer, I think it'll be eight years. Damn. Damn. George so, R. R. Martin, damn. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, um... A lot of people like fuck D and D. I mean, not whatever other TV writers. Who cares? I'm more George R. R. Martin's a TV writer too. Yeah, he wrote for that uh, Ron Perlman Beauty and the Beast, Beauty Beast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> show. Show. Yeah, I he, I just wish he would have finished the books. That's the thing I'm most angry about. Yeah, me too. Whatever. But oh, uh, well, what I, I was gonna get to is like someone uh, created a reading order that combines uh, Feast for Crows and a Dance oh, with the Dragons. Boiled leather. No, it's called uh, uh, Ball of Beasts. Oh, there's and, another one called Boiled Leather. I think, oh. which is. But that's how I'm gonna uh, when I get to the third and fourth or the fourth and fifth book. That's how I'm gonna reread it all. I'm, I'm switch between the two. Cool. I man, I won't, why did they come up with the names? I was like, why why would the reading order be boiled leather or 
Ball of Beasts. I think a Ball of Beasts makes sense because it's a feast for crows oh. and a dance with dragons. It's yeah. a ball of beasts. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people that put a lot of work into the, I guess, fan community of the Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Um, not the people that watch the TV show though. They just seem to always like make cakes or crochet shit and post it on Reddit. <laughs> like, look, it's a dire wolf cake I made. <laughs> no one's writing essays about the TV show. I, I mean, so yeah, as nerdy as that is, or pretentious or whatever, like some people are like putting in serious work and thought into this world that George R. R. Martin created. And I think that's much more interesting than someone who's like, look, a pillow I made. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I do like when they cook like uh, lemon pies and or uh, honey pies and shit. Yeah, but show. that's because someone wrote a recipe book about yeah, I saw that. the food in the books. So someone did a bunch of work first based off of George R. R. Martin's work. And then now people are like, hey, Reddit, look, I made a cocktail from this <laughs> book that someone else wrote. I don't think there's a cocktail in that book. Oh, also, you can't get Aurochs anymore. They're uh, extinct. Well, I think there might also be a cocktail book then. Oh, is there? You can get like drinks. Uh, the one I remember, I remember seeing one of like 10... This is before like, the show even started. Uh, there was one from the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you uh, you know they have like lamprey pie mm-hmm. in the book? I feel like that one wasn't in the recipe book though because that was the one I really wanted to Good check out. Pie. I do like lamprey. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> and we watched, uh, <laughs> I guess this is our Game of Thrones podcast. It actually, it has been, to be honest and open up about my feelings, and I have been like super emotional lately for some reason. I'm like on my month long man, man period. Man period. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it has been weighing on me like how disappointed I am in, cause that's the thing. I didn't like the TV show just cause it was a TV show and I don't think they're made very but, well. But like, this is like especially bad. Yeah. And also I... <laughs> I had to resign myself, like, oh, well, this is the only way I'm going to see the ending for this story that I've invested so much of my life in, which is I'm nerdy as shit or whatever, but, like, I don't know, those books meant a lot to me, and um, it is just really disappointing that, like, this is it. If he doesn't finish the books, like, this is it. I think we're definitely going to get a win, uh, uh, um, wins a winner, wins a winner, but I don't know if we're going to get the one after that. Dream of Spring. Or we're going to have the Dream of Spring. We'll I know, honestly, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that he's not going to need two other books after Winds of Winter. Well, that's the, he. He. So he's a gardener, right? That's what he always says. Yeah. So like he doesn't even know what you know. what I mean, he's yeah. like not. He's already. Are you a discovery writer or outliner? I'm an outliner. Are you? I, yeah. I'm discovery. I have to start writing. I can't. Well, I'll discover things um, about characters. The characters, I. Oh, so you're a Stephen King. You discover you discover write your characters, but you uh, outline and plot out your story. I think that's how Stephen King does it. Yeah. So the character, yeah, because the characters need to seem like real people. The only way to do that is to, uh, like, the exercise I do, I guess, is like imagine them as a real person, and then mentally ask like questions mm-hmm. to them, like how they would respond. We're to really them. far afield of where yeah. blood, where we're going. Blood but, um, we'll save this for the uh, the space force oh, rice yeah. thing. But then, like, actual <laughs> there, if there's like events that I want to happen, like, and I fucking hate things that are so open-ended and you can tell someone's just kind of like meandering to whatever <laughs> thing they get to so like i always have to like make sure i have like the ending like stuck 
Anyway, um, hey, Bloodsport kind of does that, maybe. I don't know. I Blood- think they just didn't... <laughs> we need to talk about uh, the real-life Frank Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fake Dukes. <laughs> yeah, fake Dukes. Uh, so, uh, they save it for the very end of the movie to reveal... Man, like, 56 knockouts in a row. How many people are in that tournament? <laughs> oh, someone did the calculations, and it would have to be like 70 quadrillion people. <laughs> so, more than the population of the Earth. Well, it could be round robin. We don't know how the tournament was like. I guess. But some people were dying. Um, yeah, so they wait till the end to reveal. How ridiculous. Frank though. Dukes was a real man. <laughs> uh, everything that Frank Dukes ever talked about, uh, it, there's no evidence for. He basically, everyone knows he's a, just a major liar. But uh, yeah, apparently he participated in all these uh, full contact secret blood sports all Come around the world that uh, no one else knows about ever. Not it's even secret. another single individual. It's secret. Uh, apparently, the kumite he attended, though, took place in, like, the Bahamas or something. Oh, uh, sweet. Hong Way Kong. better than Hong Kong. It would have been an interesting location. You can swim then... on in Bahamas. You can't swim in the Hong Kong waters. <laughs> Maybe you could in uh, yeah, I guess 87? the 80s, 88. You know? uh, my favorite thing in this movie, actually, though, is uh, they go to uh, the walled city, Kowloon. Yeah. And, uh, Which is not there anymore, right? They yeah, no, it, they tore it down in, like, 93. But um, I've always been super interested in that place, so... I was like, man, what if this movie was just about the walled city? <laughs> Kowloon. I gotta say, though, like, the overall plot from this story, obviously Mortal Kombat basically yeah. just lifts it and then vomits um, well, I think, Big Trouble um, in Little China all over it. Yeah, uh, Tobias or Boone, one of them was just like, yeah, we just wanted to make Bloodsport, but, like, crazier. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, they did it. And now Mortal Kombat 11. All the way up to 11, man. Um, but the, the plot in this movie is just really, it's just really, uh, it works so well. It's such a great martial arts plot. Uh, yeah, you just go into the tournament to fight. Yeah, but they lay it out, like the whole, it starts off and they like, oh, they're setting up the tournament and you're meeting all these fighters and then you get this, the probably the longest backstory of anybody, or back, uh, uh, flashback? Flashback. It is actually movie. world record longest flashback. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's, uh, just under 11 minutes. Yeah, it's long. And it's great. It has some of the best overdubbing. <laughs> There's a lot of just weird ass ADR in this movie. Well, uh, you may have noticed uh, this was made by Canon Films. Right? I sure did. Yeah, that's right. The Golden Boys are back. <laughs> yeah, so Canon Films. Uh, if you go all the way back to our very first episode, I think I kind of laid down who Canon Some Films ADR is. ADR working that one too. It's yeah. just, they have shitty sound. We've done a few other Canon Films. Oh, maybe it's just Cobra and. Death we did over the top of it. Oh, actually it, it. Didn't, yeah, it didn't make it to air. <laughs> so yeah, this. We'll is have our, to go back and do that one. Yeah, day. third canon film. Um, canon's great. They're just known for making shitty, like exploitation movies in the eighties, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, this is an exploitation movie. There's not like over the top violence and uh, nudity and blah blah." Well, it was different in the eighties. What they're exploiting is this weird martial arts, like, fantasy violence craze in the 80s, which is what a lot of their movies do. And this, I guess this is, like, their magnum opus a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they also did... Uh, did they do Kickboxer? Which is, I think, comes out after this. Kickboxer is um, Jean-Claude Van Damme's next movie, and I do believe Canon did that. I, they might have... I just remember. No, they, they I always sure remember. Uh, I think it's Hot Shots Part to Do that makes fun of it. <laughs> he's like dipping his hand in like uh, Reese's peanut butter, like an ice cream bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think they did make like, kickboxing. Basically, any like weird '80s or early '90s like kung fu bad American martial arts movies. This canon. They did it. Chuck Norris movies. John Claude Van Damme. Stallone's early career. 
I mean, they made a lot of stars, and a lot of people have seen these movies, but they went out of business in, like, 93 or 94, so they weren't doing... They were burning they their money. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, Bloodsport is a classic, I'll say. I really, I actually really enjoyed it. Probably the first time I've seen it since I was a kid, but... Uh, the last time I remember watching it, I was probably 11 years old, and, like, we were here in Arizona over the summer, staying in, like, a hotel room, and it happened to be on, and we watched it with you, you and Dad. I think that's the last time I remember seeing it. Hmm. And, uh... Bo Young. Yeah, we're going to talk about Bo Young. How is his his pectorals, his man titties, his giant chest, how is that like over two-thirds of his body? I don't know. He is not built like your average Chinese person or average person, period. He does not look normal. <laughs> no, he's crazy It's looking. so weird to see him he's, now. He, see him hopping around and um, uh, and, and like, ah, when he's doing his fist pumping thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking scary looking dude. Well, I mean... It, so end of the day, he's only like five seven. Yeah, so you just still, like, just pick him up and put him somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but. You just put him on top of the fridge or something. But uh, now he's probably strong as shit. Honestly, like his upper body is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, he probably killed me. I don't know. But I thought it was funny that they made him South Korean in this movie because he is actually Chinese. I uh, remember. Hearing... I think it's because of Frank Duke's uh, story. They yeah, yeah, say it had to be really accurate. His story, yeah. I remember hearing a crazy story. I don't know if it's true that he uh, he grew up in mainland China, but he swam to Hong Kong. Oh, that's why his uh, traps are so big. Yeah, it's <laughs> that makes sense. And to make that big. Swim. I don't know if that's true or not. It was just like a, one of those old wives' tales. I don't know. Maybe people. he'll uh, hit us up, call into the show. <laughs> yeah, Paul Young, you can call in at four eight zero five 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 five. Damn, you gave away the area code for the Phoenix Metropolitan area. <laughs> Yeah, he's great in it. Uh, we gotta talk about. We gotta go back to the flashback though. It's my favorite part of the movie because it's so bad. <laughs> I love uh, the the young young uh, Frank Dukes. <laughs> young Frank Dukes. He's overdubbed. He, he kind of has a French accent, I guess. He's, oh, I was going to steal the sword. I, I was just... put it back. <laughs> Are you called cop? <laughs> Um, um, and the, um, I love that he's wearing a San Francisco Giants hat, but a New York Giants jacket. jacket. So he's just a fan of the concept of Giants. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, That's why he makes friends with Ray Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I just really like Giants. I don't care, you know, what city, what sport. I just like Giants. I like the idea of them. <laughs> he said, yeah, the flashback sets up everything you need to know about Frank Dukes. Also, he's in the military. He, he's a CIA. That part... Makes no sense. <laughs> it's just uh, one of the many interesting uh, dynamics of Frank Dukes. Yeah, of his life. You know, he was a secret um, agent. Yeah, I feel like when they're in, like Frank Dukes is pitching this to the studio, they're like, "Maybe we just cut the army CIA stuff, Frank. We know it's not important. No one doesn't really serve the story at all. So just get rid of him, right?" He's like, "No, nah, no. Nah. You don't know what it's like to be the Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's important they showed up at the tournament. Also." I banged six ladies at once. Put that in the movie. <laughs> Put it in there, all right? I could also drink three gallons of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, uh, Tropic Thunder? Uh-huh. Um, Nick Nolte's character? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I forget it. Four Leaf or whatever? Yeah. And it all just turns out to be bullshit. That's Frank Dukes. <laughs> be careful, Kyle. He's going to come roundhouse kick you to the face. Uh, apparently, um, he personally trained Jean-Claude Van Damme for this movie because he didn't think Jean-Claude Van Damme was in good enough shape when he first arrived. And JCVD was like, 
it honestly was like the hardest training I've ever done. So he might have been like pretty badass at working out back then. <laughs> yeah, he might have been like a legitimate <laughs> martial artist, yeah. but not actually be. Well, now that we have, uh, he supposedly was a legitimate martial artist too, like kickboxing and stuff like that. But there's no records no of him record actually of doing anything, anything? participating in. He, I think he was just a spectacular liar that probably worked out a lot. Hmm. Yeah, man, John that's what I can be. Uh, John Claude Van Damme, though, he is a world-renowned kickboxer. He he was at one point. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys in this movie that you can tell just by the way they move were actual kickboxers. Oh, yeah. There's... That one guy he fights at the end right before uh, Bolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like Muay Thai guys, Jiu-Jitsu guys. There's like actual martial arts in it. Uh, martial artists in it. Choreography is not that great, though. You know, I think Frank Dukes was a choreographer. I think he might be right, which would explain why he doesn't. He's like, yeah, you know. Just kick him a lot. <laughs> I was thinking um, there's a part where, uh, you know, he does the Johnny Cage nut punch. Yeah. Or I guess Johnny Cage does his, James his, his nut punch. That one dude he's fighting in it, the biggest man in the tournament, honestly. He he's not a sumo, but he looks kinda like a big strong. Yeah. But uh he also kinda looks like Adam Driver, like uh, Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> like a Asianish yeah. Kylo Ren. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, Whoa, that's crazy, it's Kylo Ren. <laughs> he's gonna fight J C V. The craziest thing about the uh, the flashback to me is just how how little sense it makes. What do you mean? Uh, he's trying to impress cool kids, and they break in to steal... A kumite sword, I believe, is what we were supposed to gather from the end. Well, no, he says it's a katana. Right, but he oh, the, he, he gets a sword at the end that's just oh. like that, and he's like, you can't get a katana sword. You can't steal a katana sword. Oh. oh I Let me give you a backstory right now that's very similar to Pat Moriarty yeah. and, <laughs> and Karate Kid. Pat Morita. Oh, damn. Pat Moriarty, he's Irish? <laughs> oh, his name's Pat? What the hell? <laughs> I have um, Moriarty stuck in my head from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> uh, I yeah, for some reason I didn't put that together. I should stop reviewing movies because I just I dismiss these integral plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a one for one because like this yeah. guy fought for the Japanese army. And... Well, yeah, when he talks about World War Two and Hiroshima and stuff. I yeah, but Pat his officer's katana or something, you know. Yeah, but no, no, I think he's supposed to get it because that's way nicer than an officer's katana. Mm. I think it's supposed to be from a kumite. Originally, I thought this guy was supposed to be a samurai, but I'm pretty sure he's like ninjutsu or some shit. They don't explain it, and then also John Claude Van Damme's like, "Would you tell me? You tell me not to ever do one style, or yeah." Do and so it's all some made up stuff. That's what Frank <laughs> Dukes learns. Didn't Frank Dukes have his own uh, martial arts studio? Uh, yeah, I think he was one of. The, it's like Dukes Ryu or somewhere. Yeah, what it, what it is Ryu. every like few years or so, there'll be a trend where someone tries to swindle you with martial arts. <laughs> Uh, it, was, uh, it was Muay Thai and Brazilian, ju- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu the last few years. I mean, those are actual martial arts that you can use, though. Yeah, a lot of them are if you strip away all the ceremony that goes with it. Well, I mean, but Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu are, like, actually people compete in them and, you know, they're, like, real shit. Are you telling me there haven't been karate tournaments and, uh, and Taekwondo tournaments and kickboxing tournaments and... Oh yeah, J- and uh, and judo tournaments like they're all. Oh, man. I'm talking more like uh, wu- wushu, wushu? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and aikido or whatever. Yeah, like those like legit fake ones. <laughs> well, there's even some of that in this one, the um, bomb deck or whatever, the made up brick breaking shit. Yeah, which is 
straight up taken from martial arts movies in like 80s martial I think it's, arts books. I think it's based, yeah, I think it's based on like, death <laughs> like old uh, like Chinese folklore shit. Yeah, which I mean, that's just not real. People trying to sell you that shit in the 80s, like uh, fucking Frank Dukes. <laughs> um, well, the, the thing about martial arts now is because of um, the 80s. <laughs> well, because of the like MMA and stuff, it's kind of like filtered to the top like which martial arts are actually effective since it's people trying to actually beat the shit out of each other because even in karate you know it's like a point system and it's really regimented and stuff and it seems like when you filter it down to like all right use everything you know well that's not even how that like, mma is not even really built that way though because they have like you can't elbow when you're on the ground that's or... ufc rules i'm not talking just ufc oh, okay. specifically. just mixed martial arts in general and but like, yeah, even some of the, I don't know, like even some of those have rules that I'm like, well, in a real fight, I would just yeah. poke you in the fucking eye. Well, that's the thing, though. Um, my point was just going to be uh, the martial arts that seemed actually most effective at this point are things like jujitsu and Muay Thai and just straight up boxing and stuff. Not um, spooky kicks. <laughs> I mean, Muay Thai is just Thai kickboxing. So yeah, kicking and punching is, that's how you win. <laughs> or apparently being really good at wrestling and just really strong. Well, I think uh, being really strong and having really good grip strength is, and having almost no skills beyond that would serve you pretty well in, in MMA. Well, that's uh, what's his um, Khabib. <laughs> he has he's got wrestling talent, sort of. Yeah, but I, that's all he does is just pin you down and make it so you can't do anything else, <laughs> yeah. right? So I guess that's how you win fights. Guys. <laughs> Not real fights, again, because like in a real fight, you can't if you go to the ground. Oh, yeah, because remember gonna... everyone's mad. Connor is elbowing him like, yeah. the head and it's like. Seems like that should be, you know, fine with the rules. Yeah. I to get on TV and have sporting events in Las Vegas and shit, you gotta be, you gotta make sure it's not too brutal. <laughs> this fight to the death. That's why people need to participate in actual kumite. <laughs> well, kumite you, too, you're not supposed to fight to the death either. They let um, Chong Lee kill a few people. Well, he kills one dude. I thought he killed, like, no, he kills the dude in the beginning and then the dude at the end where they're all like, oh, fuck. No, I don't think he kills that dude in the beginning. I just think you're, I oh, think just, they kind of film it that way, but I don't think he actually kills him. Oh. I think the only guy he kills is the one guy from the previous tournament that they talk about. Uh-huh. And that's kind of seems like an accident. He kicks him in the throat and he dies. But this yeah. one, he for, purposely killed the dude and the black dragon are like, not for us. Whack. You know, like, if you kill a guy by accident in the Kumite, I mean, like, oh, it happens, but... You I'm had gonna, him beat. <laughs> I'm going to start my own Kumite. It's going to be called Kumite Tumite. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. And in that one, it's going to be all about killing. <laughs> I don't know how... Because, like, even... I don't know how we're going to get away with covering up all these murders, <laughs> but... But even, like, uh, Roman gladiators didn't usually fight to the death. No, because why would you want your property? Train, yeah. <laughs> your trained property. I spent a lot of money on this guy. Yeah. Uh, they do mention, um... So the triad is, are letting... Kumite take place in Hong Kong. Yeah. And the triads run the walled city, or the historically did kind of. So, I, presumably, they're able to, if someone dies, they can kind of just be like, you know, whatever, the triads will take care of it. But that's probably why they're bummed out. Like, man, we can't have too many of these people dying. The triad will get mad. <laughs> but he does kill. You think he kills um, Frank Jackson. Yeah. He fights him. But he just uh, has to go to the hospital for a while. That guy knows no martial arts. Nah, he's just a big white guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, that's how he beat. He beats everybody up by just being bigger than them. Which, I mean, unfortunately, like that's how it works. It works that's sometimes. why there's yeah. uh, weight classes in a lot of these combat sports. Yeah, some of them really specific too, because like ten pounds can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes if you're big, you just hurt other people. <laughs> you just be like, no, no thanks. <laughs> 
Just punch him in the face. I, his fighting style is just, yeah, overhand, like, give him, like, double axe handles and stuff, <laughs> like, right to their face. Yeah, when his fight with like Chong Li, he legitimately, he has Chong Li beat. <laughs> he just doesn't finish yeah. him. I don't know if that dude could beat um, Bolo Young in real life, though. I'm, that, Bolo Young's, like, I don't know. I feel like that guy can just, like... Like, one punch? He punched people's hearts out. <laughs> just like in... Um, Kung Rock Pao under the fist. Yeah, when he punches out his stomach, that guy returns with it as a weapon. <laughs> it's uh, a really underrated film. For oh, yeah. Anybody who's interested in a good comedy kung fu movie. It's, kung Pao. <laughs> enter the fist. It's definitely like a classic within like... A cult classic. <laughs> I mean, like even cult cinephiles and stuff generally don't recognize it. People usually just think it's a bad movie. But within uh, our uh, collective of our dad and us, <laughs> one of the best movies ever made. And you know what? I, I feel like I could write an essay like or do like a YouTube video essay and make an argument for it. Because yeah. you just... It's just like next level satire. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of nuts! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I wish we could watch that. Try my fist to your face technique. Or my, your fist to my face technique. I can't wait until we're like year six of this podcast where there are no rules. <laughs> just watching random shit. We're, we're reading that real fast. <laughs> yeah, it was originally the concept was we were just going to watch canon films. Yeah. But then there's like a lot of them I didn't want to watch. And then it does put like an end date on your podcast because you can only do like 296 episodes or <laughs> Fuck Not that. with 80s movies. We'll never run out of those. Nope. There's probably like at least a thousand of them. <laughs> right. Gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. They, uh, the first time um, Frank and uh, and Ray, Ray Jackson, meet, they play Karate Champ. Yeah, Karate Champ, that video game uh-huh. where you just use two joysticks. They're not playing it right. I don't think they're moving their joysticks the correct way. For at least that front, I remember. It's been 20 plus years since I played Karate Champ. I feel like... Um, Remember uh, Scandia? I remember Scandia. In uh, Fairfield? I guess no, it was. Vallejo? It wasn't. Eh, I guess maybe. maybe. I don't think it was Vallejo. Like, I don't know. It was in the North Bay. Arcadia. Yeah. It might have been Arcadia. I don't know. That would be crazy if it was Scandia in Arcadia. And in in Arcade? <laughs> Whoa. But uh, I feel like they used to have Karate Champ there. It was in the section where it was also like, here's this oldest arcade baseball game you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the last time I remember seeing it. I think it was right next to the Virtual Fighter. The first virtual one. Fighter. Oh, man, what a game that was. Good times at the arcade. I haven't been to the arcade in forever. I go to Dave & Buster's every once in a while with the kids, but like um, once every six but months yeah, or so. Yeah, but they don't have, like... Yeah, it's not like a real arcade. Yeah. Not like you can go play Street Fighter yeah. against all the other kids for an hour. Put your quarters up there. Mm-hmm. Classic shit. You gotta you break the quarter rules, man. Get yourself, get yourself kicked in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that reminds me of... <laughs> um, I forgot to bring it up last week for the Great Outdoors, but remember the classic line uh, that our dad loves where, uh, you know, hot dogs are made of loose <laughs> assholes. Uh, but in the background of that scene, which this is where I was like, oh, John Candy's the man. Is uh, He's like, oh, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I like eating assholes. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I wish I could like get that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I was like, yeah, you get it, John Candy. He's just like cutting edge. This is before everyone was talking about eating ass. <laughs> so he wasn't old-fashioned. He was actually like futurist. <laughs> So on the cutting edge, eating ass. Yep, rest in peace, John Candy, original booty eater. 
<clears throat> oh shit John Clavin and Dan gets his booty out in this movie he does you knew it was gonna happen <laughs> he does it in like so many movies he just loves his butt he does the splits in so many movies too like, oh, this yeah. movie has to be the most he does he does the splits like eight times in this movie seven times seven seven times Crazy. I guess it's impressive but then it's like at this point in my life knowing that John Clavin Van Damme can do the splits and he loves doing the splits and he just always does the splits it's just, it's just like, yeah, it's strong. I know cool, what you man. do. You were good at splits. Is that supposed to make him tough or what? <laughs> he does like, uh, um, oh, so the, 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 a lot of the, um, training he does with his master, uh, Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know, these scenes in a different movie, this could be a really weird, like, homoerotic yeah like so this is he's just in it's like, Brokeback Mountain but with martial artists just, yeah, instead of just, cowboys he's like I really want an older Japanese man to just you know some like light like BDSM stuff <laughs> cause as far as he's got him in the ropes and he's like oh yeah that one's weird stuff, I was like is this gonna turn into like some shibari stuff <laughs> and the weird look uh, Frank's given uh, Tanaka <laughs> feel my power Tanaka <laughs> Yes, I was like, "Oh wow!" Or when he's just beating him with a stick. That's the training I want to do. Like, come, someone coming here, beating me with some bamboo. Yeah, tough. <laughs> I will say for um for a Japanese guy that fought in World War Two, obviously grew up in Japan and probably fought for either the you know Imperial Army or Navy. Not much of an accent. Nope, pretty good in English. Uh, he's way also, better than Jean Claude Van Damme, who has apparently lived his entire life in in America. <laughs> Um, or is he supposed to just supposed to be an American with a weird ass voice? No, so they when um his master goes to meet his parents in that one scene. Oh yeah, he's like you right. came to America from France. And then, he's Belgian. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm technically. I don't know. He became a rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nice martial arts. Yeah. Kick good. What's also interesting about it is um he's like it, 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 towards the end of the flashback or i guess when we turn return to normal time uh his master's dying he's like oh i feel like an old man but he still looks like he's like 40 yeah those asians yeah <laughs> that's true i guess the asian people it's just us white folk that age so badly <laughs> but i've got a trick for all you uh white folk listening out there just try to stay out of the sun like that's yeah. kind of all there is to it <laughs> Like or suntan lotion. Yeah, like we're not, our skin doesn't have as much melanin, so the, the sun hurts and it'll make you get old fast. So just stay out of the sun. Be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I need to start watching uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Apparently, it's really good. Oh, really? Yeah. I know it's got uh, the Toast of London, also known as Dixon Bainbridge from The Mighty Boosh. I love that guy, so it might be worth watching. And then I think the first episode, Tycho and Jermaine wrote, right? Yes, and they were in the most recent episode too. Cool. I like to refer to them as if I'm friends with them because they're like, I feel like they'd probably be the coolest friends to have. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're Tyke and Jermaine. Yeah, you know, sometimes Brit. <laughs> Brit. Or Reese. Reese. Reese Darby. I like to hang out with Reese Darby. It'd be cool if they were in Bloodsport. <laughs> cool, Matt. Have you, uh, Eagle vs. Shark has like a Bloodsport type game in it that uh, Jermaine's character. Is the best at. <laughs> Have you ever seen Eagle vs. Shark? No, I haven't. It's Taika's first like um, full-length movie. It's pretty. You said it was really good, so I might watch. I don't. It. He doesn't have a bad movie, to be honest. They just get better. Just like Steven Spielberg. Well, I mean, Thor Ragnarok, like, it's one of the better Marvel movies, but it's that's it's a step down from Hunt for the Wilder People for sure. And boy, 
And what we do in the shadows. And what we do in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, but, you know, it's not a bad movie. It's just not as good as other stuff. And then his new movie. I'll say watching Bloodsport, it really made me want to wa- write a martial arts movie. I feel like this has been a long time since it's been a, like, a really good one. I can never think of any. I feel like The Matrix, the first Matrix was the last like mainstream yeah. kung fu western. American, like a Western film that was coming through, right? And then, uh, let's see, Crash Tiger, Hidden Dragon came around the same time. And then they had Hero. Oh, the out. guy who directed Hero's got a new movie that's going to be coming out in the United States that looks pretty cool. I don't know. Hero was garbage. Yeah, and had, like, uh, The House of Flying Daggers that he also directed. Oh, that was yeah, really I good. I think I turned that one off. Um, 13 Assassins, Takeshi, Takeshi Miiki's movie mm-hmm. that came out. A few years ago. It's kind of Seven Samurai, but ultra-violent. That one's pretty good. I, I also know. draw a distinction between samurai movies and martial arts yeah. movies. Yeah, because you mean like kung fu. like Yeah, I mean like kung fu or like blood sport. Or... Yeah. Like, I can't think of any. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, they had made a sequel, right? That was on Netflix. Yeah, I just never watched it. I never watched it. It didn't have Zong Ziyi in it, so why would I watch it? Was Chang and Fatty in it? I don't think it was. I don't think... It, yeah, I don't know. I had such a crush on Zong Ziyi back in the day. I remember you having a crush on Zong Ziyi. She's a beautiful woman. She still is. But now she's like married and has kids and stuff. So I can never be with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the only reason. (laughs) Also, she's like uh, wealthy and famous and stuff. Yeah. But she was great in that movie. I love Zong Ziyi. Still do. I'm going to watch Crush on Tiger and Dragon again. (laughs) Watch the sequel after this. They make uh, Frank test his might. Test your, your might. might. <laughs> Remember that shit in the Mortal Kombat game? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is why they, they stole they it did, exactly yeah. from this. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those fighting games. Street Fighter 2 had the one where you beat up the car. Mm-hmm. It's just like little mini games that mm-hmm. people thought you needed in video games. Because Mario had them. So everyone else tried to do it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you also forgot my favorite character was introductions. Uh, Mr. Lin. Oh, I think you said that- April O'Neil. Oh, no, no. She's just a prop they use. This, I was watching this movie, and I was like, yeah, man, patriarchy was just kind of running rampant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mr. Lin, their guide through Hong Kong, he's great. I, I love, love Mr. Lin. Yeah, he's just like, come on, man, I got a reputation to uphold. He just seems like... He's been watching too much American television. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just seems cool. I don't know, he seems like he knows what it is. Oh, like, USA, oh, okay, USA. <laughs> okay, USA. Yeah, I mean, a guy with a deep. If voice. I went over to Hong Kong to fight in, you would want Mr. Linda. Yeah, like he he instills confidence in me. Like as like he probably knows the streets. He seems to know. Plus, he was like all on Frank's side. He's like, yeah, Frank, you can do it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's Chung Lee. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does seem like a dick. Yeah, maybe. Chung Lee's such a dick in this. He's really great. He's 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 terrifying to yeah. a certain extent. Like especially when he's. Like the crowd's cheering for him, and he gets into it, and he's pumping his fist, and he's that crazy look on his face. Yeah, but he's yeah. a really good villain. Considering he has like two lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need very much dialogue in this movie, to be no, honest. Yeah. It's not like the plot's difficult, except for we did need that. Uh... There's a lot of weird exposition dumps in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we needed that very important scene with uh, uh, Hassan. The um... oh, he looks like he's a Berber, I guess. I don't. Maybe... But he, I think he's. Hispanic, right? Oh, yeah, I don't. I think they just cast whoever, and they were like, "Here you yeah, go." Yeah, put a turban on him. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, we get that really important scene with him getting a magic trick done to him, so <laughs> John Claude Van Damme can ha- win a woman. It's supposed to, yeah, it's how John Claude Van Damme meets the woman. <laughs> yeah. the, that's the other thing. Like the Kumite reporter, there's no reason for her to be in it either. 
No, that's just because Frank Dukes is like, yeah, he was also banging a lot of um, white women while I was there. <laughs> Let's have an explicit sex scene. Make I have sure a question. My if, dick's really big. If it. this reporter was really in it and she was, uh, it really happened, you know, she's following Frank Dukes around and she's writing a story on a kumite. Where's the story on that kumite? Yeah, that's a good question. It's <laughs> a real good question. And she didn't even die in it or anything to not ever finish the story. Yeah. You know? She's like, oh, I got to honor the sacred tradition of the Kumite and not talk about it. <laughs> Even though she's like, at various points, she either hates or loves it. Yeah. I don't, like I don't when Frank's know. winning, she's like, yeah. Oof. That's the thrill of the fight, though, honestly. The thrill of the fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Once the, another feature of canon films, uh, there's uh, Kumite's got a theme song. Kumite. Kumite. The soundtrack in this is great. I like it's it. It's just, yeah. It's perfect for the movie. Really, uh, just a bloodless 80s pop rock about Kumite, fighting hard Kumite, and doing Kumite, Kumite. Kumite. <laughs> yeah it's good it's real good especially the montage with all the fights when it first there's a couple months there's a training montage right with him and Tanaka there's the first uh, fighting montage yeah that's the one I like before that's when that first time you hear the Kumite theme song Kumite, and Kumite. it's like a lot of people doing um hook kicks softly over other guys shoulders <laughs> yeah like yeah I mean you don't want to hurt him a lot of these guys were actual fighters that were competing so don't want to just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go film this movie for a day or two. And then, oh, no, my career is ruined. <laughs> I think John claude I read that John claude McDonough actually knocked somebody out accidentally. Yeah, that. he accidentally elbows one of the Muay Thai guys. <laughs> Man, the old school, like, Muay Thai look. Um, remember um, Adon in Street Fighter 2? Yeah, yeah. He always, like, had it too. But, like, the headband with the high shorts and the little, like, That's a cool bell wrap. And then your hands and your feet taped. And they always have that cool stance. I don't know. I, every time I see that stance, I'm like, man, that does not look as effective I mean, as you they think don't it should be. Usually use it anymore. Like, yeah. I don't think I'll see anyone using it once anymore. But it does look intimidating, sufficiently intimidating, because it just seems like effortless and like animalistic. But then, how would you get enough like, like the you know the kinetic chain to punch? I don't know how you would get it from that position. Unless you're punching, I guess I most of the time would be punching downward anyway. So. Yeah, you would be. Well, now they, I'm sure I'm sure they can find plenty of giant Muay Thai fighters. <laughs> Who's uh? How to fight Brock Lesnar? I don't think he knows Muay Thai. He's like more of a throw guy. He like knows how to throw people. <laughs> he's like, a he's a wrestle guy. He's a wrestle guy. Yeah, he's a throw man. <laughs> he's a oh, please don't punch me in the face guy. Yeah, he, all, he just suplexes everywhere. That's how he gets around too. He picks up his wife and suplexes, <laughs> suplexes her, which. I didn't mean for that dark joke to be as dark as it is because I think he has been accused of domestic abuse. Oh, has he? Oh, I so haven't heard that about Brock Lesnar. I was just thinking it was a funny picture. <laughs> I, I just, has, yeah. I just picture like the chain suplexes that people do. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> just like, the, time to go to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, there's like a hurdy-gurdy plane or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yaki, he's safe. <laughs> Don't, Don't call, call back. back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Don't talk back if Brock Lesnar suplexes you to the grocery store. He's uh, crazy big. Obviously, it's steroids, but part of it's got to be also just him being from the Midwest eating a lot of corn syrup, right? Yeah, I mean, it's genetics and steroids. It's a combination. Yeah. That's where they. That's where the biggest people in the United States are, right? On the Midwest? We're not from the Midwest. I mean, like, um... Oh, yeah. Well, ours is just more genetics than anything, I guess, but... He, I swear, he like that's where, like, all the like linemen and stuff, like, all the quarterbacks in the NFL come from Texas, but then... All the linemen and shit are from like. I could have been a lineman. Midwest. <laughs> giant fools. It's, I'm telling you, it's because they're out there just eating. <laughs> out there drinking milk, they're eating corn. Putting pancakes and direct corn syrup directly on it. 
Even... You put corn syrup dirt on your pancakes. That's all uh, maple syrup. Maple syrup is is corn syrup. Oh, I'm about to blow your mind. I think you actually already know this, but I eat my pancakes plain. Yeah, I knew it. Well, I were powdered sugar. That's what you used to do as a kid. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, funny oh, story. Syrup. For some reason, um, what it is, I have a distinct memory of getting syrup on my hands when I was like four or five years old and hating it. And yeah, hating the feeling and then not being able to like, even though like mom tried, like I just like, the whole day it was bothering me. Ever since then, I was like, you know what? I don't mess with syrup. <laughs> <laughs> my I, kids, uh, my kids don't like maple syrup. They, yeah. powder, they use powdered sugar on their pancakes too. Yep, makes sense to me. <laughs> Your kids, my kids. Now. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I bet Chung Lee doesn't have syrup on his pancakes either. I bet he doesn't eat syrup. He probably eats pure fish. I, he just probably eats protein powder nonstop. <laughs> it's pure protein. <laughs> he walks around with a spoon and protein powder. Yeah, that would be so dry. I had um hemp protein powder for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it tastes kind of like dirt. Like it had like a distinct aftertaste. I of honestly, dirt. I don't like pro- protein powder. I've never had any that I can really stomach. I'd rather just eat more eggs. Eat more herbs. Yeah, but sometimes you don't have time. Sometimes you just want to drink a powdery milkshake. <laughs> they have a uh, cockroach protein powder. I might try that. I've eaten cockroaches before. Yeah, like little big guys, right? Mm-hmm. They had like a uh, like a honey, you know, like honey and chili powder, some sort of spice. Yeah, I've never had cockroaches, but I have had crickets. I've or had grasshoppers, too. whichever they locusts. And meal, I've had mealworms too. Yeah, and worms. And also, uh, one time I really wanted to try like these like Cajun spice like uh, fried spiders they had, but like we never got around to like oh. getting to them. But I was like, I'm gonna eat a spider. I'll show you spiders. I'm <laughs> afraid of you. I eat you. <laughs> Chung Lee would eat stuff like that for sure. <laughs> He just seems like a crazy guy. <laughs> I feel like he just eats his fellow competitors. Just a wild and crazy guy. Must me out here. He also tries to cheat to win. <laughs> when I was watching this movie, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can try to do another episode where I swing Chung Lee as being the hero. <laughs> and John Den Den being this gringo invader. But it didn't work. Chung Lee's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any particular reason they uh, changed the stage for the last fight? Or is it just because they wanted to have a different look? Probably just because this is the last fight, so let's flash it up. <laughs> I uh, So in the final fight, when he pulls the salt out of his waistband and throws it in Jean-Claude's eyes, mm-hmm. I hate how long it takes for them to be like... Because the whole thing is he's trained for it, you know? Right. But it, like, there's a, such a blind. long sequence yeah, between him for, becoming the... you know Yeah, yeah I'm like, no, it shouldn't have been that long. There's like... Trying to create drama, but like the Game of Thrones writers, it's treating the audience just like they're retards. Well, it's a canon film. Yeah. Oh, I apologize for saying retard. I don't normally say that. But <laughs> <laughs> that might get cut. <laughs> I was going to upload a... I'm not Nick DePaula. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have all those hot takes that the uh, Millennium Snowflakes really need to hear. Uh, you know, uh, I actually care does anybody get shit on more than white Western European men? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Vince Lombardi. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm really feeling oppressed all the time. Well, I mean, uh, I am, but like that's like economically. Yeah, no, no, I just I feel like poor because I'm poor. No, yeah, because of yeah, uh, my white skin. That's the class struggle. <laughs> I was gonna upload uh, us playing Friday the Thirteenth, but you used the word retard like four times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I was high as shit when we were playing that game. I was like, right when mom got the medical card, and I was like, hmm, I haven't smoked in a while, but I bet I could eat like two gummy worms and be all right <laughs> I, was, I was all right but i was just like hi to shit i remember like um 
Oh, we, we get the car running, and I just have like one other person in the car with me, and they're like, "We need to go back and get everyone else." And I'm like, "Nah, it's just you and me, baby." I just left my own brother. <laughs> <laughs> I just drove off and won the game. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, I, well, I was looking through Steam, uh, Steam the other day. Dead by Daylight has like a Ash versus Evil Dead uh, episode now. Oh, really? Yeah, we should try to play Dead by Daylight. I like the Friday the Thirteenth, like the whole setup, like you versus one, mm-hmm. you know, monster kind of thing. But there's just not enough maps. It was all kind of the same thing. Yeah, it was, just, it, it was all just that one forest, right? Yeah. Well, I think it was. Other, they had other camps, but they all looked exactly the same. Yeah. Well, it was. So. It was the same camp from different movies. Which Camp Crystal Lake kind of looks the same in every movie. Yeah, they couldn't have given us New York. It's the summer. Oh yeah. Remember <laughs> when he knocks the boxers out? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. One day we're just gonna have to do a marathon of. Friday the 13th, and then we'll have a four-hour podcast about it. <laughs> we'll have, like, rotating uh, guests and stuff. This is for the future when we're famous. <laughs> I want to get Joe Bob Briggs on Maybe the Maybe get Kevin Smith. Hell yeah. And you can get Kevin Smith. I'm getting Joe Bob Briggs, <laughs> and I want to see them interact. <laughs> <laughs> they probably already met. I'm sure they have, yeah. Um, all right, so, whatever. Jean-Claude Van Damme wins. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I know how to fight blind. And so he does. Also, I don't know about you, but I've had like dirt and salt and shit thrown into my eyes and stuff. And it's like, your eyes kind of take care of it pretty quick. Yeah, it doesn't last very long. Uh, usually. You, also, you just kind of rub them and make sure you can get them all, all nice and juicy and wet. And then you cry. <laughs> but you can see. Can you imagine that? That's the final, real final. Like, you should have made yourself cry. And just like red eyes, tears streaming down his face, and just completely beating the show. <laughs> One time, I want to fight like that because <laughs> you know you've ever been like so angry that like it, for some reason oh, yeah, it yeah. just comes I out as like yeah. Like one time, some dude grabbed my girlfriend like a few years ago, and like yeah, I've been drinking or whatever, and like yeah, for some reason it was just like I was overwhelmed by like. Anger. anger and other emotions once and just started fighting him like as I was like crying because I was so angry so it's probably a really weird time for him <laughs> <laughs> that shit's funny I don't live that toxic masculinity lifestyle anymore I haven't been I have not been uh, in a fist fight since <clears throat> I was in elementary school I haven't been for a long time since probably junior high or something and then Going most of my life being okay. But then, for some reason, when you start, like, hanging out, drinking, and doing drugs, and partying, and going to bars and stuff, you run into a lot of people that you, that you fight with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mean to say like, it's toxic masculinity or anything. I was just trying to protect my girlfriend, but, it, you know, alcohol doesn't make you react to things normally. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't hopefully we don't get... A bunch of hate from listeners when they listen to this episode, and they're like, "You guys fucking suck." <laughs> I didn't find anybody. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't care because I'm Nick DePaulo. <laughs> <laughs> You're oppressed. <laughs> yeah. It's why won't you let me just fight people? That's good for society, right? <laughs> um. That said, I do think we need to have more martial arts stuff in society. Well, if you need to explain it, you know, martial science is for the body and the mind to come together. Spirit. All coming together. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> martial arts is God. Blood sport, does it still hold up? 
I think so. Yeah, I mean, it was everything I was expecting it to be. Uh, choreography, though, I was disappointed with the yeah, choreography. Yeah, choreography's not great. Especially because, did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Yeah, I did. You know, at the end of, like, the description, like, the last sentence is just, like, intense action scenes after they actually describe the plot. <laughs> intense action You're scene. like, oh, yeah, intense. I was like, hell yeah, this better be intense. And then they got to the flashback, and I was like, wait a minute. It's not going to be intense. <laughs> <laughs> I like when his son beats him up and he's like, why don't you just give up, round ass? <laughs> that's my favorite. Like, <laughs> why is ra- he being so racist? That's my favorite like racial slur of all time. Round eye. Yeah, like, it's just like, yeah, he got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but to bring it back to the last Dragon episode, I feel like um, uh, when we write the Shogun of Harlem more largely use like the plot point of uh, of Bloodsport. It'll be like a tournament mm-hmm. to crown the new yeah, Shogun of Harlem. Yeah, who's the king of Shogun? Who's the king of Harlem? Hell yeah, I got lots of ideas for that. That'll be the we'll, after we write the Florida Man vs. the Aliens. Mm-hmm. Would it be like an alternate reality Harlem or would you somewhat grounded in reality? I would just use the same kind of reality they used in the Last original Dragon. Last Dragon. Like it's like worked. a all these crazy cats are have like their own world that are yeah. Like it's a martial arts world in eighties Harlem. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That would be a cool movie. I hope someone makes it someday. <laughs> man, Jesus and Mero talk about the last dragon quite a bit. Oh, do they? I don't watch. Maybe them. We get, I follow them on Twitter, but I don't really watch them. Like I'm, I'm. We get some financing from them. <laughs> like, hey, come on, man. Let these two white boys make the last dragon sequel. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. We'll be like, uh, the, uh, what, does the April O'Neil have a name in this movie? Um, Vicky. No, she does, but I don't know if anyone ever says it. Because John, like, the most the interaction she has with any of the characters is Jean-Claude Van Damme winning her with the magic trick. <laughs> and he's like, I get the coin and I get the woman. <laughs> I do like, like, come uh, on, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that uh, he, after he sleeps with her and he's leaving he's like oh I'm sorry I can't really help you and she's like ah that's alright I'll, I'll live and then she's, she uh, had already tricked somebody else into letting her into the kumite yeah uh, for a second I was going to be like oh man they really went for it because I thought it was going to be like she's like oh it doesn't matter now that I got that dick that's all that matters in the world <laughs> for a woman is a good dick and a good man I don't care about my career at all anymore and I thought that was going to be the end of it for and a second she's like nope and I was like, oh, thank God she just hustled this man. <laughs> you, have, you love to see it, honestly. <laughs> Especially in 88. Yeah. You love to see it. Um, yeah, once again, the choreography wasn't the best. Uh, also, not as ultra-violent as I wanted, which segues into the next film we're going to watch. Uh, it's fucking happening. We're going to watch some anime. It's some time. Anime. <laughs> Gundam. <laughs> Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> Char as Noble and uh, Amaro. <laughs> Amaro! Mobile Suit Gundam from 1979, right? Yeah, it still works. 79 to 90 is what we can do. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no it's, we're actually going to watch Fist of the North Star, which is probably going to be just as like cheesy, cheesy now as Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah, it probably would be. But I haven't seen it in a long time. It was just one of those things that would like, be on the sci fi channel occasionally. And that one, like, Zorum. <laughs> Zorum. But, heavy Metal. Yeah, Heavy Metal. Oh, man. We'll watch Heavy Metal eventually. I actually really <laughs> like Heavy Metal. So, yeah, we're going to watch Fist of the North Star. It's going to be dope. Um, a lot of people like Mobile Suit Gundam and its different iterations. Uh, but it's interesting when it's these weird, uh, like, w- white dude neckbeards on the internet that are like, 
pro-militarization and, you know, all the, like, weird shitty stuff like that. It's like, oh, so you didn't pay attention to the everything in Mobile Suit Gundam. Like, <laughs> You're just like, cool robots and fights. It's, oh, no, it's it's all about being against war. <laughs> it's all about war's bad. What are you talking about? Rumble Raw loved war. Loved it. I'm glad that, like, the Metal Gear Solid storyline franchise kind of, like, ended before there was this weird right-wing reactionary stuff to every video game. Because I can just imagine them being like, why isn't Snake out there killing um, the minorities? Oh, shit. And it's like, holy shit, man. Do you not know what Metal Gear Solid's about? I'm pretty sure they're teasing uh, another Metal Gear right now. Well, what? Konami? Yeah. So, well. Who doesn't doesn't want uh, Metal Gear Solid that Kohima didn't do? Uh, Everyone is the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's crazy because Konami basically they just make the like the pachinko because <laughs> yeah, they make tons of money off of this gambling company now. Yeah, they should just sell. They should sell Metal Gear Solid IP to somebody. Sell it to Kojima. <laughs> he can't afford it. They have to sell it to like Sony or Nintendo. Wow, man, that'd be cool if they sold it to Sony and they could actually. I don't think they need to make any more. Metal Gear Solid games, eh? No, I think they should just sell it to Nintendo and then make uh, uh, mobile versions for all for the Switch, and then I'll die a happy man. Yeah, I hope Death Stranding comes out soon. It's never coming out. No, E three's coming up. There's definitely. I bet they're gonna have a release date this E three. It's coming out with the PlayStation Five. Congratulations. No, I have a feeling it'll be one of the last like big releases for the PlayStation Four. And then he'll immediately start working on his PlayStation Five game, which won't come out until the PlayStation Five is about to stop. Probably. It'll be alright though. Death Stranding gonna be the best video game of all time. I'm calling it now. <laughs> As a person that doesn't like most video games anymore and has no idea uh, why everyone likes all these other video games. So hopefully it's a video game that appeals just to me and nobody else likes it. <laughs> Space Force. <laughs> so as always, guys, you can find us at MadventureProductions.com. Um, I'm on Twitch streaming Resident Evil every day. Uh, the kids are out of school. I might start streaming video games with them. And uh, at some point, I'm going to actually stream Metal Gear. That'll be what I do next Metal after Resident Gear. Evil. You got to play Resident Evil 5 with me. Metal I'm Gear. almost done with Resident Evil 4. I'm probably quitting my job in about... Tomorrow. Man, I wish. You should quit tomorrow. Let's go... Uh, we'll go to the movies. <laughs> we can go to the movies. <laughs> I'll just have to quit. I can just not show up. Well, part of my plan is to see if I can get fired. But like, I feel like it's going to be impossible for me to get fired from there. Just keep calling sick. They'll have to fire eventually. Eventually, yeah. This part will get cut so they don't know his secret plan. Uh, also, we're on Twitter and we got a Patreon. Uh, yeah. We'll be releasing some Dungeons & Dragons bonus episodes soon. Uh, I don't know. Oh, shit, shit, man. 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 Watch Fist of the North Star. Fist of the oh, North Star. Also, nice. watch Game of the... Uh, what, episode 7 of Game of Thrones is on tonight? No, it's only 5. So how many more left? Two after this or one? One more. One more? So yeah. Okay. One tonight and then one next week. Yeah. So watch, watch that so we can complain about it next week. Yeah, so you're aware of... Uh, yeah, I don't. I think everything's probably going to get blown up in King's Landing tonight. I think that's the episode. <laughs> it's going to explode? They just blow shit up. Like Dragonfire or something. <laughs> it's Dragonfire. <laughs> I like when she blows up the Sept in the show. That was a cool shot. Like where it's... Oh, I want to talk about two seconds. I'm pretty sure what happens. It was happens, a dumb event, though. I think what happens in in Martin's version is that Cersei dies before the final book. Oh yeah, and, and Fagon sure. takes over King's Landing. Yeah, and then the last battle is actually Fagon versus Daenerys. Yeah, because he said there's gonna be another Dance of Dragons. And I think that like um, what happens is what the hell's her name? Arana from Dorne. 
the daughter Ariana, of Dorne? Yeah. Ariana, yeah. She, like, seduces Fagon and marries him. And Dorne gets pulled into the war, so it's like the South versus the North. That's my theory. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, it's... Uh, some of the major events that have happened might be similar to what Martin planned, but... It's going to be way different. If I also don't out. think uh, the the White Walkers kill um, Viserion. No, I think Euron takes I think Euron takes him with the dragon horn. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think that's absolutely what happened. And in fact, one of the writers in one of the behind the scenes episodes said they thought it would be cool if the Night King got a dragon that bleeded ice. So they made it happen instead of his blue flame though. So basically what happened is they read some nerds post on Reddit about thinking ice dragons were cool. And they're like, yeah, we like dumb shit too. And they made it happen in their million dollar TV show. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really pompous right now. Like I have, I don't have any of the credits or claims that these dumbasses have, but I'm a better writer than both of them combined. Who knows? It doesn't seem like they put any effort into it, to be honest. <laughs> Like shit. I'm super excited for their Star Wars work. Oh man, is it gonna be amazing? Man, who gives a fuck? We know they don't have George R. Martin's uh, fucking shit to pull from. I'm sure they're gonna be great when they're on their own. Because X Men Last Stand, which again they had the fucking Phoenix Saga and all of uh, the previous X Men work to pull off of, and they still did shitty with that. That's not the X Men movie they made, or he wrote. He wrote um, X Men Origins Wolverine. Are you serious? Yeah, that's even worse. So, yeah, give him some credit, all right? <laughs> He's worse than you're saying. <laughs> Space Force. Yeah, Space Force. Thanks for listening to us complain about shit. Um, we're the smartest guys on the internet. Though, so. <laughs> Fuck off, or I'll fight you while crying. You can cut the pompous, the thing if you think it's too pompous and you're listening to it, but I don't actually think it's that pompous because I think these guys are complete shit. 